What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain what's up fam I'm here with my man, Kyle Kingsbury. And for those of you who don't know who Kyle Kingsbury is, he fought people for a living as a professional fighter in the UFC. How many fights do you have, brother? Uh, man, it's, I don't know. Fought six years in the UFC, two years pro before that. I just look at a timeline, eight years. Yep. And then went on a journey, a journey of self-exploration, figuring shit out about his body, about his mind, about his psyche, about his ego, landing him. All the way at Burning Man five days ago with me, where we got super weird. And that's what we're going to talk about. Not so much about his career fighting, but that. But it's really actually, you know, it's hard to imagine two more contrasting things, really, than Burning Man and cage fighting, right? Like, I mean, aren't they kind of like I, you know what though? To the spectrum, I, but do they are they like so different that they kind of meet up? They do. They do. They loop back around <laughs> in certain ways. Yeah, there are some extremes that you have to battle, right? The elements. That's true. The uh, you know, not not having access to anything out there, not being able to pay for anything except for what ice and coffee. Yeah, a lot to it. Yeah, it's really interesting because they are both forms of utilizing resistance to your advantage, right? Like. In fighting, you have your opponent, which is the ultimate form of resistance that forces you to be impeccable with your training, with your strategy, with everything. Burning Man has so many drugs and so much dust <laughs> that forces you to be impeccable with like what you're coming into it with to a certain degree. Yeah, it's hard to prep for that. I don't know if I, maybe if I was doing lines of alkaline, <laughs> alkaline, <laughs> alkaline dust, you know, that, that could prep my lungs and my nose for what, what happened. But yeah, man, yeah, I don't think there is prep for that. It's really, well, I mean, life experience is prep, right? Right. I think you got to, you know, as we learn with, with the plants, you got to let go and surrender to it because there's so many fucking elements that are out of your control when you're there. What was, I mean, that is absolutely one of the lessons. And I think one of the beautiful parts of it, Burning Man, you know, really is the opportunity for like peak pleasure, peak challenge, peak spirituality, peak, like so many peak experiences can happen there. And, and then there's just some normal, just kind of every day, just hanging out, talking with the homies, you know, drinking a beer, like some, some chill experiences too. It's not all just crazy, but what was your, you know, what was your overall impression you know showing up to that that i, I kind of look at it you know and my wife went with me too it was both of our first burns it was really like uh, a tale of two experiences you know she got a well aunt flo was in town first of all it's uh you know uh her period was there for for those that don't <laughs> know the term aunt flo so we had we had that uphill battle right out of the gate 
Um, You're welcome, Natasha. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, sure that's yeah. the first podcast. That... It was heavy flow. I bought her some supers from the supermarket. So we need to get yeah. a little detailed on that. It was not easy. And then uh, she got the stomach flu when we were in Reno before we flew out. Uh-huh. So our whole night prior to flying out to uh, Burning Man, she's throwing up and shitting her brains out. It's coming out of both ends, like full La Perga. And uh, I'm up the whole time with her. So we get there. I mean, I'm taking photos of her sleeping at the Burner Express airport, just just drained. Yeah. You know, and we get there. And thankfully, you guys didn't get in until Tuesday night. So we had all day Monday to kind of rest and relax and repair. And, um, you know, she's looking around and she's like, fuck this place. Fuck these people. Why would we come here? Right. You know, like I'd, it's so expensive. I'd much rather go to like Thailand or something cool. And I'm like, hey, you know, we had a good friend of both of ours tell us like, don't judge the experience until it's over. And there's a big difference between the nighttime and the daytime. So really, until you experience the evening, really just just real back. There's actually, there's actually in, people right? who show up in the day and then just immediately bounce. Yeah, I could see it. They're I like, could for sure just see fucking that. Fucking airport panic bounce. Yeah, <laughs> like, not for me. Yeah, and it's funny because like I I had some ideas in my head about you know just fucking beautiful people and everyone's fucking on one having a good time and we're right in on this bus from burner from the burner airport and i see like minimum 300 pound naked people walking around and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> it was all lies yeah. it was all lies yeah and it has that mad max feel you know which is i think it's like a cool novelty when people jump into that um i wore my speedo like 90 percent of the time that i was there but uh you know we we started to feel she started to feel better i started to feel better monday night we eat dinner we're thinking like well maybe we'll go out and look at stuff at nighttime immediately gets sick again goes to the bathroom pukes again we're in bed at 9 30 at night monday i'm asleep by 10 but we got good rest wake up we see the sunrise and that was like ah yeah you know it's a new day and the sunrise there is just fucking breathtaking you know just incredible and, it really um, feels like another planet. It's just completely flat, completely white. So you have more horizon. I mean, there's mountains on some sides, you know, but other sides, it just looks like expansive white forever. So it's just like full horizon, just like you're on the ocean. Yeah. You're on a white ocean. Interestingly, they call it the playa because it used to be on a beach, but it's just like straight up like you're on an ocean of white sand. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was a beautiful way to start Tuesday and to feel like, a shift happened like mm-hmm. all right maybe we're past this tough spot and we can start to open up to to the had possibilities to, had here. to make you earn it yeah it's a little bit like when it's very similar to when you go to the jungle like when you mm-hmm. go to peru because you land in peru and you know after you change in lima you get to Iquitos, and then you go through Iquitos, and Iquitos is rough it's like third world you know just mangy dogs cruising around and pollution and it's gnarly but then you get out to the ceremonial center and it's still intense you know it's the jungle but it's paradise (laughs) and there's that big difference and i think it's a little bit like that at burning man there's that like oh shit where am i moment and then you get to your camp and then you see the playa and you see everything there and it's like oh okay yeah different this is a different beast yeah 100 percent. yeah so we you know we we kind of hung out during the day it's scorching fucking hot and i was like well let's not i don't want to push it you know so i ended up doing some work they want 
we got pestered to voluntarily contribute constantly. And that voluntold. was voluntold. Yeah. Voluntold what to do. So, uh, I didn't want to do moop duty in the middle of the day. You know, everybody's supposed to do moop and, and we were moop, doing that. Moop duty is, they call it matter out of place. It's trash in burning man. And I've, I've talked about this before, but one of the interesting things is you go to any other festival like Coachella, you look at the ground, it's completely littered with trash, littered just with shit everywhere. The playa is immaculate. There's nothing there. Cause if anybody sees anything, you pick it up, you put it in your basket, you put it in your pocket. Like everybody's on trash duty, but for the camp particularly, they saw this <laughs> able-bodied chap named yeah. Kyle, who looked yeah. a big smile and a speedo, looked able and willing to You're work. You're gonna go from eleven to one. <laughs> You're gonna work all day, every yeah. day. Yeah. So they were building this fucking beautiful giant pyramid out of steel bars and giant panels, and I wanted to see. You know, they were behind schedule. It was supposed to be finished Monday, and I see they're really behind schedule on Tuesday. So I was like, I fuck the moot, man. I've been doing that all day, every day. Let me see if I can help with this pyramid. So ended up putting in like two solid hours and I was covered in sweat. I'm walking around with the Speedo and the giant fanny pack. And it was like Tama's call. I mean, I was dripping, you know, mm -hmm. just really getting it out. And I thought like, this is a good way to go into tonight and tomorrow night, knowing we have 36 hours to go hard with you and the Onnit fam and just really kind of prep that. And that prep for me was, it was cool because you know, 95% of the people working on that structure had been there for three or four weeks and they're all unpaid. They're just doing it voluntary as well. Mm -hmm. So it was like, all right, this is a cool thing to be a part of. And, uh, you know, of course you guys get in six o'clock, we start chatting it up, get to the RV, start hanging out. And then, uh, we, we start to experience, experience what it is. Where was that first? So the first real aha moment was that night then when we hit the bikes hit the playa because we hadn't even seen the night at that Woo! point right we were in bed at 9 30 we didn't even see what it was describe to the people who've never been to burning man well, what that first night is fuck. when the substances are kicking in <laughs> and all the lights are there and you got your homies with you and everybody's lit up and you're just looking out at a world of infinite possibilities adventure right and it feel it is infinite like the, yeah. the size i think that's the biggest thing and i had read that but you know you look up photos online you see a ton on google images and whatever everybody's instagram that kind of shit and you're like damn those structures are pretty big but when you stand next to them you're like oh fuck that's really big and then the vastness of it mm -hmm. i think when we when we rode out wednesday night to uh robot city that was like a 30 minute bike ride yeah from and we're we were fairly robot heart yeah robot heart we were close to it yeah right we weren't we weren't at six o'clock like on the sure. u we're at one of the tips <laughs> of the u we're, we're we have a shorter distance to get there and to, so to understand like that's how spread out this place is that's how far it is and to see lasers that connect across the camps across everywhere Just vast distances and you could yeah hold your hand up and it's like you could touch them i remember one of, the, one of the first places we stopped was in between a bunch of different fire cars too uh-huh that and the yeah. fire is so impossibly hot just dragons shooting fire and octopus with fire coming out of their head and it's all synced to the music so it's just and you're like getting a sunburn like right yeah, off the yeah. top and you yeah. know like you had to back up from it you yeah. couldn't fucking be close no. you couldn't be within 10 yards you're like oh like a like a bug going towards the light <laughs> yeah. like, i want to ah! be closer than <laughs> fuck that that shit's hot yeah, and singe your nostril hairs yeah yeah there's and that's just the the fire part then there's the light part and then all of the floats and then there's the fucking camps like we did that first little tour around the loop and we stopped at that place with the tesla coils 
Yeah. They're like, I don't know, what is it? 50 feet in the air? 50 feet in the air, these giant Tesla, those things that shoot electricity. And what was different about it this year is they had they were able to make songs with it. So they're like playing like like ACDC with the fucking songs. Uh, with, like lightning with, the, bolts. with the lightning bolts. And like, you could feel the electricity from like 50 yards away, just yeah. fucking buzzing through your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking wild. Yeah. Like the, the, engineering, the engineering and the intelligence to create something like that and then to bring it out there. I mean, truly unreal. So you have those type of exhibits. And then there was the tree, obviously, right? Yeah. The tree blew me away because we saw that during the day on Monday. And everybody was talking big about it, like, man, that's going to be the spot at night. And I'm looking at it, and the leaves are green. It's a man-made tree. And you're like, well, that's really cool. But I didn't know how it would light up. I didn't know each leaf had LEDs. I didn't know they were going to bring out fire dancers and a fucking live orchestra playing <laughs> classical music. Like, it was bananas to see that at night. Yeah. we. I'll tell you a story about that. So we went out uh, Wednesday, and this was after your talk, mm-hmm. and uh, on uh, Love and Delusion. And that really touched me, you know? And so, there might be some uh, pausing, (laughs) but uh, yeah, so we get out to the tree and uh, we're a little late, you know, like they have a schedule. They tell you everything that's going on at every camp possible. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so we get there and it's really crowded and somebody tells us, hey, you know, you want to park on the other side because the music's playing that way. So you won't be able to hear unless you get over there. So we go over to this spot, we park our bikes, jump off, and uh, it's fucking incredible. They have like a, like in a weird dancing play going, you know, very artistic and the music's playing and you see the tree is just lit and it goes from the most vibrant and then this is not on shit, you know, like this is dead sober in daytime mm-hmm. with the sunset and you see the yellows turn to orange and to red and to magenta and just beautifully go back and forth with the music. And, uh, I've got Tasha on my shoulders videotaping and this guy gets up and I guess he had been, sta- or he had been standing already and he's a little bit closer. He's not far from the front. And he's like, shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up right now. Stop fucking harassing me, goddammit. You motherfuckers, shut up. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I knew when this event was starting and I got here early and I'm going to fucking stand. My back hurts. And he just loses it, wow. completely loses it. And they feel like the all the energy shift, like, whoa, holy shit. Like, this isn't, that's not cool. This isn't the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, even this woman stands and she gently places her hand on her shoulder and you couldn't hear her, you know, and she's trying to calm him down. And he looks at her and not, not a second hesitation. You shut the fuck up too. I'm allowed to fucking be mad. I can fucking yell at these. And he just goes off on her. Wow. And she intelligently remains calm and just smiles and nods and late and sits back down, you know, but people were complaining. This guy was standing and it was blocking the view. Right. And finally he had enough and just fucking lost it. But what was cool is something you talked about in your talk about, um, at the core of us all when you went into the onion. So after the discussion, we talked about, they had the Q and a, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the guys was talking about if at the core of all of us, we are the same little piece of, of God or consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. If that's true, are you telling me that at the core, I'm the same as Donald Trump? And so we, you know, everyone laughed and uh, you explained the layers, you know, for every layer that goes out, that's a different form of self-expression all the way to the to the layer of skin on the end which is our meat body right that final uh form of expression right 
And so, um, but the idea was when you look at somebody like Trump, you have to have compassion. You have to know that that person is living the life that they're living on fucking autopilot through yeah. the ego. Yeah. When all the things that have happened to that guy that formed who he is today, that's the fucking waking consciousness that that guy has. He's, on, he's got blinders on, right? So immediately as people were getting really upset at this guy going crazy, I was like, no, it's fucking compassion. Like this guy is fucking, excuse me, let it roll, brother. I could feel. How much pain he was in yeah and that was fucking just incredibly powerful to have that lesson you know not two hours prior <clears throat> and then to see like this is something that happens every day right somebody blows up in traffic yeah. somebody goes postal at the fucking post office whatever the case is and to not have that knee-jerk reaction of well fuck you too you know, that's not right. Fuck you too. You shouldn't right. be standing, you know, like just to say, fuck dude, this guy's in, in pain and not just physical pain from his back, whatever that case is, but he feels fucking in a corner right now, right? That's why he's lashing out on everyone around him with blinders on and absolutely no concern over other people. Fuck everyone. You guys all shut the fuck up, right? That, that reaction from him comes from him holding everything deep inside for fucking god knows how long right so to understand that and to see it in action and just to feel to tap into him for a second you know without any of the beautiful medicines that we had yeah that was powerful that was really a fucking incredible experience for me and my wife and to see somebody see people receive that and react not in the same manner. I think that to me is the most powerful thing. There's been two symbols of that that, I've, that I'll always remember. And one came from a Netflix show. I think it's called the OA or the AO or something like that. Um, Caitlin, do you, know, do you know what that show is? I think it is the OA. I haven't the seen OA. it though. The scene where the protagonist, this woman who's super conscious, is um, you know, dealing with this other guy who has a huge temper, like erratic, self-destructive, big temper and they're friends but at this one point he gets triggered and he takes a pencil as she's hugging him stabs her in the leg pencil lead pencil breaks it off lead in her leg like gnarly and she receives that but immediately even with the pain recognizes that what he was doing was from his own pain and just hugs him tighter and like loves him more and that was the breaking point for him like that was the point where even when he did the most self-destructive thing that he could for her to give him love at that moment. And to me, that's just the ultimate display of consciousness to be able to receive even when the pain is physical, even when it goes all the way through the onion, not only the insult to your emotion, not only the insult to your ego, but the insult to your flesh yeah. all the way that way. And to be able to receive that and still love him and it causes the break. You know, it's the same as the pivotal moment in Starhawk's book, The Fifth Sacred Thing. And there was one other image that I saw, which was a painting of uh, Prometheus, who is chained 
to the rock and and cursed to have an eagle eat his liver every single day for bringing fire to mankind as he's so in this in this depiction as he's on the rock the eagle has just finished eating his liver and he's giving the eagle a hug the Mm -hmm. eagle that comes to eat his liver every single day you know what i mean And, and that is to me that ultimate expression of the highest consciousness of the recognition of of sane of even in even in your you know the perpetrator of the pain that the person that's causing you the, all of the suffering to be able to love them too you know that is the final test <laughs> you know and the ultimate example and that's the that's the thing about burning man because fast forward 4 hours later it's a moment that deeply touched you you probably always remember recognizing from the talk to connecting it to that man and seeing the compassionate and then seeing that applied through the rest of the world you have that moment a few hours later we're just fucking sweaty dancing our ass off yelling howling at the moon you have those moments in the same day yeah and it's not that everybody there burning man is perfect you know we walked in and people are being judgy about what camp we're in that same thing where people were yelling at people to sit down happened at the burn there's still people going through their shit. It's still people. This isn't fucking utopia. This yeah, you don't human. show up and everyone there is fucking <laughs> yeah. Eckhart Tolle. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's dude, not like that. Work. Don't expect that. But it's it's just that it's people are trying. And I think that's the biggest difference. Like they're there and most of the people there at least are are at least trying, trying to be awake. Like, And that's, I think, one of the most beautiful things. It's not that they're succeeding it's that they're really trying to do their best you know and that's fucking cool to be around people who are who are trying to do their best who will pick up a piece of trash if they see it you know who will like try to help each other out who will you know give you a hug i remember we ran into remember we were out at out, out at robot heart dancing and there's this giant like 610 dude you know he's in in all white and fucking cyclops glasses and he's just getting it like techno viking style just <laughs> and i gave him a little puff of mapacho and he was like the nicest dude like probably one of the most intimidating physical yeah. specimens you've ever seen like 610 280 jacked and he's just like the nicest guy ever just dancing and getting his thing and it just cuts across like all swaths where people are there and you feel comfortable like talking to people and making friends because there's some some common thread of humanity that kind of binds you together you know and then there's there's little moments where there's flares and aberrations but overwhelmingly it feels like we're all humans here together you yeah know what i mean which is a dope fucking feeling because the other way feeling so isolated sucks yeah that isolation is fucking maybe the hardest part right yeah. i think that is you know, in the, in the, if there's truth to there being a hell, it is the, the eternal damnation is the eternal separation from God. It's as long as you fucking want it to be. Right. That's that isolation, the not feeling connected, not feeling one with all. And that's, that's up to us to make that switch. But it's very fucking powerful to be in a group of people that are all gearing towards at their own level, a common place, you know, mm-hmm. working towards something beautiful. Yep. And there's all sides of the spectrum. I mean, I had I had my talk and then I had another panel and you know, there's people who can certainly go way too far. You know, there's <laughs> where it's, I don't want to call her out specifically, but you know, there's somebody talking about how she was chosen with this special special message and she had these 
arcane ways of doing these magic spells and all this shit and you know you weren't taking notes <laughs> <laughs> and you know people can get super caught up in planet alignment and the powers and crystals and all right so there's that extreme and then there's the other extreme which is oh yeah there's no interconnection we're all just meat suits and blah 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 you know there's the super materialistic reductionist you know um fucking there's no consciousness there's no bubble there's both sides like i get that and the truth is somewhere in between and you'll see probably things leaning a little bit more towards like a little too liberal <laughs> with the with the crystals and the magic and the yeah. fairy dust at burning man but and that can be just as hard for me actually sometimes even harder than the other side like yeah i'd almost i almost feel more comfortable with like an atheist scientist I actually feel a lot more comfortable, even though he's got a lot of, in my opinion, got a lot of things wrong too about consciousness and spirituality. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable with that than even the people who take the spirituality side too far. So that's uh, that's an area for me that's challenging. It's like, but still just accepting people on all sides of the spectrum and seeing at the core what that person really is which is ultimately same somebody living a different life you living a different life yeah i think right out of the gate aside from being told what to do constantly we had uh we had met quite a few people offering unsolicited advice unsolicited life advice who knew so much more and we're going to tell you all these things and it was it was cracking me up and my wife you know from she's done ayahuasca 12 times so just 10 less than me i mean she's you know not by any means a a super high amount but she's experienced it enough to know the the type of people that go to those and you have the full spectrum you have the people like that ramdas says some people go into outer space and not all of them comes back yeah right so you had those types of people and then you have the people like there was people in our camp who thought it was crazy that we were going to take a psychedelic in combination with mdma like they were like blown the fuck away by the fact that there was a stack, you know, mm. of, of, uh, of chemicals and, um, they had no experience with psychedelics. And I was like, you're at burning man and you've never done psychedelics. Like it was <laughs> blasphemous to me. Like, how yeah. is this possible? But it just showed me like, it's all, it's the whole spectrum here of people. And what's cool too. And one of the things that's been like a continual lesson for me and for a lot of people is seeing the polarity, right. In every experience, there's no good without bad. There's no up without down, no fat without thin. And so in every, you know, and you brought up a lot of the things that I love and Eckhart Tolle's A New new Earth Mm -hmm. in your your discussion, but um, just the concept of, is that so? You know, every time something bad happened, I would be reminded of that. Like, is it bad? Is that so? We don't know yet. It might be fucking beautiful, you know? And just being able to release anything that I thought on the surface was shitty and just to go with it and let go and be there and fucking experience the whole gamut of all the experiences, all the fucking, the hard stuff, like dealing with the heat, dealing with the dust, dealing with people that are a little, little bit out there or, or not quite there yet, right. you know, like all of it. It was just fucking incredible. When did you start to get that? When did that consciousness start to, to creep in? You know, like for you and your journey, like when did you start to, was it, something that was always there or did that start to really pick up steam at a certain point was there a turning point for you i th- the very first was uh, a mushroom trip that i did in sedona and this was like 
before any work with Native Americans, before any ayahuasca uh -huh. ceremonies. And it was, you know, zero prep work, no dieta, no intention, all the bad drugs, you know, yeah. coke and booze, fucking all that. And then mushrooms the next day. And uh, it's the first time I had a visionary experience, the first time I felt like touched by God or some higher consciousness. And um, I could see like building blocks and like humans and the, the, how fragile and frail our relationships are and how, how we do work to build our friendships and our love and our partnerships and all the things that we do as humans, that that takes work, you know, and those kind of things, that was a pretty impactful thing to me in terms of, I've always been able to make friends easily and things like that, but to see that work and to see how our contributions to one another make a difference, you know, but really it was, it was ayahuasca that did definitely showed me that fucking scale, that bar mm. of polarity that there is, it's all one. You can't experience the good without the bad and that everything is on that sliding scale and to not look at the bad things as bad, but to see them as all one, you know, to see that flow that goes back and forth of experience and to know that when times are tough, it's not that fucking tough. Just to be reminded of that, that has given me more peace in the shitty spots or the hard, the tough spots in life. And certainly, you know, in an experience like Burning Man to just be able to fucking throw my arms down and go, all right, we're here, let's do yeah, it. Whatever totally. happens, happens, we're good. Just like little, little levels up, little stairs mm -hmm. that you get to see a little more vantage point of truth every time you stack one of these intentional medicine ceremonies, you know? And every time it just builds a little bit more and you get a little bit better you know it's it's training it's training for the psyche it's not that different than you know sparring for a fight learning the techniques like this is mentally training yourself and there's certainly overtraining there's mm -hmm. certainly you know getting a concussion you know like all the same things apply when you're talking about these medicine experiences like you can do too much and give yourself a concussion that you're gonna have to recover from you know you can you can overtrain and injure yourself or be you know not have an adequate time to recover to actually improve from it to integrate right to integrate yeah and that's the integration process or you can pace it right and train correctly and then you're just going to get stronger and stronger and fucking stronger and one of the things that impressed me the most was you know when we met you you were going to paleo effects we met at paleo effects and for those of you who uh, aren't aware kyle is the new director of human optimization here hey on it because he's a fucking gangster and knows his fucking shit and read read the books done the work put in the time um but you show up at paleo effects and your work contract had been in kind of default status based on some you know business issues that had come up and your house is full of bean bags you got a two-year-old son you don't know where your money's coming from but you follow your instincts to take a trip to Austin despite it being financially really kind of not that responsible I'm imagining at that mm -hmm. point and at that point like everybody including myself would be in fucking full panic right two-year-old kid wife no furniture in the house work contract coming to an end no foreseeable replacement and that's like sheer panic time but nobody would have known that from you you were you were calm you were chill and when i asked you about it you were like you had this like implacable faith that it was just gonna fucking work out like how 
did you get to that point? Well, that's it's funny you asked that. So two things happened, and it actually it was after Paleo FX when I got the phone call that the the previous employer was no longer going to be with me. Yeah, and so um, I was on the flight to Austin in the airport that happened, and I knew right then, like immediately, my mind started going back to all the worst possible outcomes. And I remember Randy Couture saying that in the fight, he would not just visualize how he was going to win, but he would see everything going wrong and come to terms with that. Like if that's all that fucking happens, I'm okay with that. John right? Jones said the same thing the first time he fought DC. Yeah. When I and was that, that was a, with Joe. That took a weight off my chest. You know? Sam, and just to footnote that also that's talked about in the book, the Hagakure, the book of the samurai. Uh. They talk about envisioning the arrows hitting their guts, the something slashing their throat, all the worst case scenarios so that if that situation looks like it might happen, they don't flinch. Yeah. You know, like there's no flinch. There's no fear response. They play all those things out. That was interesting. Yeah. So I went to that first and then I thought, what can I do on this three hour flight to not fucking make this spiral? (laughs) And immediately went into breath work through the binaural beats in and just meditated for three hours. And when I got off the plane, I felt fucking great. Like not just level. I felt good. I felt really good. And, uh, but as far as the faith stuff, it's, it's, it's awesome you asked that because the last three day ayahuasca ceremony I did. And then again, my wife and I, uh, the last like deep ceremony we did was five grams of ground mushrooms each. And, um, which is a lot. It's a, it's a, yeah. And I, I'm you know, not endorsing <laughs> that dosage. I like the 2.5 to 3 range. Yeah. Well, Dan five Hardy, is, five is a Dan lot. Hardy had told, you know, he was at my, I've learned a lot from him. And he says, you know, when you do these things properly, you level up. Yeah. And that level up, you don't go back down from, right? <laughs> so, you know, keeping him in mind and, and knowing we had um, a decent amount of psilocybin, I wanted to go deep with her. And in, so, indeed. um, uh, one of the things that I had asked for in the ayahuasca ceremony was faith, like faith and understanding, like whatever this connection is, because there is, you know, when you go back to this reality and you come back to earth and you're going through your daily routine of work and schedule and whatever the case may be and changing diapers and all that shit, it's easy to get sucked right back into the same modes of thinking, the same modes of stress response and all the things that you've been conditioned to do. And so I asked ayahuasca for a deeper understanding of faith, lasting. So it wouldn't just take me to the next ceremony, but something that would change me going forward, right? And uh, yeah, that's when I had the vision of, of uh, God for the first time. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because I had just been talking about how in the West we have this this joke of a white guy with yeah, a white cloak and the white anthropomorphic beard. Yeah, man, yeah. right? And uh, behind cool Golden than, Gates. Less cool than Gandalf. Like Gandalf <laughs> Way with, less cool. with the temper who's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. And that's G- what we're supposed to work Gandalf the judger. <laughs> the right? judge, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I could see like way off in the distance this caricature of that God. And he had a glowing golden star of David above his head and yeah. a white beard, white gown, but he looked like a Simpsons drawing. I mean, it was kind and I fucking laughed out loud. I was like, oh, this is God, huh? And God stopped off at a distance, put the hands out and just fucking beamed love (sighs) through fucking. (sighs) Like every, every cell of my body vibrated with that love, you know, and that was, 
that was it. Like it was so, so powerful oh, that I was taking like deep, deep breaths like that. And I took, I opened my mouth and leaned my head back like, and I fucking drank it in. I could feel it coming through my mouth, down my throat, like mm -hmm. fucking warm, thick love water. Like it was just fucking bathing me. And I could feel it like three feet above my head, wherever that energy field starts, it was fucking coming in through there, like mm -hmm. just the tip of the top of the skull. And um, you got love skull fucked. I did. I got, fucking, <laughs> I got skull fucked in every hole. It was and through every fucking spot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that when, that, when God comes to fuck, he brings it. <laughs> he fucking you brought the hammer. It. You, you brought the hammer. You fucked by God. Yeah. Peter North, Peter North Godcock. <laughs> it was fucking just, it just, it was magic. It was pure magic. But that's what it, that was my understanding of God is love before, but to feel that changes. That's it, the right? fucking it's the, shift, right? It's, it's the like, experience. It's not. It's not the intellectualization. You might think, look at these fucking dummies. They probably both been hitting the head too many times talking about God and all this. But then you feel it, and there's something that once you feel it, it's irrefutable to you. It's experience. There's no possible fucking way you can describe it any other way. It's just the drugs, bro. Nah, man, it's not the drugs. You know, it's like the those, realist, those have a feeling, but those, this yeah. is a different fucking thing. Those, those visions have been some of the most profound experiences I've ever had. And some of the realest, you know, when you say like hallucination by definition is fake, doesn't exist. You're seeing something that's not there. In my personal experiences, especially with ayahuasca and some of the stronger, like, like the five grams of ground mushrooms, that is realer than fucking it's waking consciousness. Like yeah. people say, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. No, you're going to gain your mind. Mm -hmm. Like your mind is already lost in waking consciousness. It's shrouded by the ego. It's clouded by your judgments and your fears and your greeds. You take these things, it removes that. And actually the mechanism of action of something like psilocybin is to restrict blood flow to those parts of the brain that are generating the delusion so that you can finally fucking see the truth. You're more yourself than ever. I look in the mirror when I'm on these medicines and I go, oh, hi, Aubrey. Like I hadn't fucking seen myself in a while. Yeah. And that's like, that to me is, is what's sad is like, and, and hard, hard for me is to know that like the real me is there, but I'm just, I'm just thwarting myself. You know, like there's just resistance and the mind is, and the ego is just working and working. And the real me is so happy and so full of love and so at peace and loves life so much. And I spent, you know, unfortunately now I'm spending more and more of my life as that guy. But I look back and so much of my life was not that guy. It was just mm -hmm. struggling and cloudy and deluded and, and unable to access. You know, my heart was closed off because of things that had happened. Shit, things happen to all of us, you know, and, and it causes our heart to close off and we shell up and we armor up and we callous and we hunker down and we build our bodies and we're like, oh, I'm going to be fucking tough. That'll I'll never, happen to, That'll never happen to me again. Yeah. And then slowly, you know, as you start to get more comfortable, you start to strip that armor off and realize that the vulnerability is the strength because what you have in your heart is invulnerable. Like no one can break your heart. Like no one can break your love because it's connected to the love of the universe or God, if you're comfortable with that, that language. And that's the fucking, that's the journey, right? It's like, it go, starts to go in reverse. Strength, strength, power, personal power, personal power, strength, achievement, success. And then it starts to strip off and connection, universal love, access, you know, to the, to source, like you start to peel all that off and then that's where the real kind of strength is. That's where the real 
hero's journey takes you. You know, at yeah. first, you know, you watch that movie King Arthur. I talked about it before. You watch that movie King Arthur by Guy Ritchie. It's a perfect example of the hero's journey. Grows up in a brothel, fighting, brawling, blah blah blah. You know, that's that's how we start life. Bullies in playground, figuring shit out, understanding how to own our space and differentiate ourselves and make sure nobody fucks with us. <laughs> get strong, you know. My fucking toy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your toy is my toy also. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did that to some people. <laughs> some people. Oh, yeah. Kyle wanted a toy. It was his toy. Uh, and then, you know, then, but the true hero's journey back home is in that dark night of the soul where you realize that paradigm doesn't work anymore. The badlands, the darklands, the upside down world, that that place where you have to go deep inside that ayahuasca will take you or, you know, circumstance will take you or you, you'll have to go where you start to learn who you really are and then understand what your real power is. And your real power is love. And that love is connected to everything. And then you start stripping all that shit away. And then that's when you hold Excalibur, when you've, you know, ripped off all of these other armaments of the ego and you're truly showing up as that essential consciousness being connected to all other things and that's the fucking journey back home that's when that's when you know you become the king and you've returned returned home the prodigal son victorious victory that's that's the process that we're all going through and what a great fucking game right like this is it this is the best this is the best game it's the best story it's the best game we could ever play resistance on all sides a challenge that's almost insurmountable we have to bring our best and maybe then just maybe then we can make it out and all of these interactive players everything else that we have to do all the pleasures that are available it's good man it's real good yeah but you got to do the work you got to head into the storm you know one way or another you got to head into the storm yeah that's that's something that you can you can think of that analogy for fucking everything in life, whether it's fitness, weight loss, whatever the fucking case may be. Cold plunges, yeah, you training, gotta tackle it, right? You know, uncomfortability, uncomfortability that makes you better. Yeah, in all aspects, psyche, spirituality, you know, like like every single aspect, we grow through stress. We grow through we grow through the response to stress. Speaking of that, uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday night, and it was funny because Tasha's like. I realize the girls are probably going to get naked and I know they're beautiful, but I don't feel comfortable being naked. Not around them. I, I feel comfortable around them, but there's a lot of fucking weirdos here that I don't know. I don't want to get touched, you know? And so she's like, I'm not going to get naked. And then so Tuesday night rolls around, uh, all the good stuff's kicking in. And you know, the girls who don't have much on to begin with decide I'm tired of these clothes. They're coming off. So <laughs> I look at Tosh and she's like, well, I'll just be the fucking weird one if I keep my clothes on. And I was like, right. that's the right answer. Let's take those off. So she takes the clothes off. And five minutes into it, she's like, this is one of the fucking best experiences I've ever had. To feel that freedom and looseness and aliveness and to know, like, I don't fucking care. This is just like, what an opening gift for her to have that and to have strength in numbers. Obviously, there were, there were some... Uh, creepy Europeans walking around, you know, one guy (laughs) posted up right by us and he's like, Aubrey's got this beautiful whip, you know, and he's, it's all lit up, you know, and it's perfect for, for the uh, chemical experience and he's whipping (laughs) it around and uh, you can see it's highlighting the girls, uh, all all their beautiful bodies. And the guy goes, it's okay if I just watch the lights. (laughs) (laughs) Like, eh, 
I don't think so. Yeah, no. <laughs> keep yeah. moving. Keep moving along, buddy. You know, that, it's that'll okay go. if I watch the lights dancing off your wife clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> I just stare right at the clitoris <laughs> and the lights and make a good clitoris. show. Yeah. And that other guy, he was like, uh, okay to uh, hang out with you guys? And you were like, no, buddy, it, it's family time. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. It is family time. Beat it, nerd. We're good here. Yeah, it was fucking great. Oh, man. It was great. Yeah, that was a that was a cool experience. I think for all the girls to be mm-hmm. able to like completely get naked in public and feel safe and comfortable enough. Yeah, we had a few little people kind of poking their head around, but overall, like that would cause a riot in a normal place. But yeah, Burning Man, especially that crew. Yeah, because they, they were some dimes. <laughs> they were strong. <laughs> um, so many fucking availabilities for peak experience. I remember one for me is real thing that I've been working on is just trusting my instincts because I'm such a planner. I'm such a strategist. You know, I'm playing chess three moves ahead with everything I fucking do. And it's so annoying. It's made me, you know, it's been helpful, no doubt. It's really a valuable asset as a CEO, you know, to be able to play strategy constantly. But I want to be able to shut that off. And so I just try to follow my instincts. And I've been practicing doing it. And one of the things I'll do is if I'm in a city or at Burning Man is just not have a plan where I'm going, but just like feel where I'm pulled to go. So in Miami, I was doing it when I was writing the book, I would just go for a walk and start, so okay, this direction, and just start cruising through the city. And every time I would just let go and follow, I'd find something cool or I'd meet someone cool. And maybe that was just my head, like thinking there's going to be something cool because I'm following my instinct, but either way, it fucking worked. And at Burning Man too was, one of the best examples of that because i ended up winding my way across the playa and i really didn't want to ride i was tired and i had a talk coming up panel but i ended up going all the way to like the absolute farthest point and that's just where i was drawn to go into this tent and there happens to be this ecstatic dance going on and i sit down i was like this is cool fucking ecstatic dance that's one of the practices that i like the most i hadn't seen one at burning man and it's going on and then this um this lady comes up to me and she has her hair stuck in her earring. She finds me in the corner and says, Hey, can you help me get my hair out of my earring? And I did that. And like instantly we had this like super strong connection and I gave her a big hug. And it was like the hug of someone who you've known. And this is dead sober in the middle of the day, the hug of someone who like you were supposed to know, like your sister who you hadn't met yet (laughs) kind of hug, you know? And I was like, fuck, that was rad. And I started, and I was about to leave, and then I started dancing a little bit. And like, there's no possible way I would have found that little tent if I had that strategy. Mm-hmm. But instead of just by like following my instinct and allowing myself to go there and just having faith that, all right, I'm being pulled in that. I don't know what that is. I can't really, I can't really explain it. You know, I don't understand how necessarily that works other than just the interconnection of all things, maybe the a wisdom of, myself on another dimensional level another layer of that onion that's aware of things that i'm not aware that's pulling me in a different direction or maybe me and that chick were communicating in a different fucking plane i don't have the answer or maybe it's just total circumstance like i don't know but i've found consistently that practicing following my instinct not only relieves a lot of stress but it's yielding like better results than my strategy could ever yield it's almost highlighting you know, in certain instances, the overuse of my mind as a weakness and Mm -hmm. where I can do something even doper if I just trust my gut 
and you know and follow that through and it's just a beautiful like playground to be able to practice that it's like your sandbox to be able to practice these principles that i've been working on throughout the year and just get rewarded for it yeah they are fucking infinite too you know that was my only my only drawback and tasha's as well was the fact that we were there for just three days Mm -hmm. you know we i was in a wedding on friday we had to fly back thursday drive to it do all that and that very happy i went to that really love really love that couple and all the people i saw there but there's so much to see there's so much to do you know i remember um mike bledsoe was telling me before i went that it took him his like fifth day of his second burn to actually figure out what burning man was what what he what it was capable of being mm. you know and all the vastness of it like what people can do there is explore all these different ideas of who they think they are and stretch and expand that and really decide like I can be anything at any time. I can be anyone. I can do anything at any time. And to really just drop all the fucking conditioning that we have in our own normal waking experience to expand what we think we're capable of. Yeah. It was rad to get that in the short time that we were there. But yep. I definitely want to go back and so does Tosh. <laughs> like we want to really dive deeper, you know? 100%. It was incredible. So there's one experience that I haven't talked about yet, which was one of the more significant experiences of my life. So this was day three, day after day you left, and this was my rest day. I had to take a rest day, so all I did was smoke a little weed out of a vape pen. My homie had a vape pen, I smoked a little weed, and I just kind of bounced around. Um, And we ended up crashing, everybody was kind of crashing. We ended up crashing, crashing in our RV, and I was sandwiched between Whitney and one of her homegirls, and they were just passed out but like not really passed out like probably ate like a full mushroom bar or something you know (laughs) like we're really like in the medicine and i was just like mildly on a little weed but as i'm lying there and we're listening to you know some of my some of the music that i listen to for meditation and it's kind of trance inducing music anyways so mika rose mixed with some other stuff and like between them i felt like i was between two batteries and these batteries were like a polar, like a negative and a positive pole. And somewhere in between was like this fucking field of energy. And it started getting stronger and stronger until I fully, like fully released from my body into the, into the quantum, into like the non-physical. And it was the craziest it was the craziest experience possible because I've had this kind of idea of what the astral is like, but I've still con- I've still kept this concept of space, almost like I was in space and there was things moving through space mm. that were like, but it was still like 3D almost. Like mm-hmm. I was in space and things were coming through my field of vision, but it wasn't what this was. This was a different understanding. This was true quantum where I was in nothing but thoughts could appear and things could appear if I called them forward, if I observed them, if I used my belief and intent to bring them towards me, they would appear. Or if somebody else wanted to appear, wanted to call me, I would become aware. So it wasn't like you're just in space and shit's floating by. It was like you're in nothing, pure quantum potentiality. And your thoughts your desire like whatever you wanted to bring forward would manifest or if something wanted to bring forward your energy would manifest and it was this total recapitulation of what it was like to die i truly feel like like 
I know what it feels like when I'm dead. Like I, that space, and it was a little bit scary. It was a little bit sad. Like I, from that space, I was looking back at my life. And again, it was that same thing. Like, man, just do your best and have fun. Like, don't stress. It's so good. It's so good down in life. And it's so good in this space beyond. Mm-hmm. It feels so comfortable. And like, there was just no stress, no anxiety. I think for me, there's always like a low level twinge of anxiety, kind of like a, like a power outlet that's buzzing just a yeah. little bit, you know, then that's somewhere running in the background of my consciousness, except when I'm in flow state or if I'm doing something or I'm completely out of my normal waking consciousness or in meditation, whatever. Um, which is why I like those practices so much because that buzz goes away, but there was just absolutely dead silence and just beauty. And you could feel it wasn't so strong like that blast of God's skull fucking love, but you just feel like <laughs> that soft emanation of it, of that connection to all things and the complete evaporation of the body, like not even aware of my breath, not aware of anything, and just in this quantum space. But then I got this, as I was feeling this kind of energy of that universal connection and love, I realized that there was a second release that was possible and that release was to release my identity completely and lose Mm. all memory lose all control lose all differentiation lose all intention release completely back to the one back to the unicity and that was also like the second death like the second scary point because you release the body you still i still retained this kind of ability to to intend ability to understand roughly what i was even though i didn't have a body or a form i i had choice to a certain extent yeah and then there was this other one where it was complete disintegration of my identity form and becoming absolute oneness where i would have no memory no recollection no anything maybe like the metaphysical purgatory yeah well and well, just complete to, unicity yeah. just oneness with but that where force. You, but where you were with intention and oh yeah thought yeah you know like almost like the pre-stage before yeah going and, and i think home. that's a whole other dimension that i think we can chill in and then i think but there's either then there's that one other layer which is back to the starting point back to where the universe collapses back on itself and it's back to a single point where there's only one thing only one expression only the unicity you know and i've felt that feeling before but realizing that that's also incredibly beautiful and incredibly like that fills you completely full with love, but you you lose all of your identity. It's like complete back to back to scratch. Like your soul is no longer differentiated. Your soul is one with the all soul. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and I and so there in fucking in bed, like not even that high, like microdose like, of cannabis, like microdose of cannabis. And I experienced not only I didn't actually go take that journey but I could feel it and I could feel that kind of pang come up of like, oh shit, like this isn't, it isn't just releasing my death of my body, which is actually not that gnarly. It's pretty pleasant. And you just kind of look back like, man, I wish I would have just loved a little harder and enjoyed it a little bit more. And maybe that's the only lament, but you also feel like, fuck, it was good, Mm -hmm. you know? And that one's actually kind of easy. But then that other one, which was like, I got to let all the memories go. I got to let all of the understanding of who I am go. That one was hard too, but ultimately that's pure bliss, just pure tapping into universal cosmic love. And that experience was 
completely out of the blue, man. Like, just happened. Part of the fucking Burning Man magic, I guess. Or maybe I was just ready for it. Yeah. Or I don't know. All things at the right time, right? Right. That was, uh, that's what I got on the, on Wednesday. We were, uh, we had experienced the, we had experienced, you know, the, the, the lecture, which was beautiful. Then we experienced the tree, which there was many lessons realized right there, you know, and, uh, we came back and I think we were just hanging out. And as the sun was setting, my wife and I decided to ride off and I might get, um, probably going to get choked up here, but (laughs) you know, there's only two times, and I, I told you this, only twice where I've been listening to a podcast and I've cried in the car while driving. One was with you talking about the wind-up toys and the other one with Duncan Trussell describing the burning of the temple. And so I had seen the temple during the day, but it was just from the outside. We didn't go in it. And just like you were saying, you know, following your instinct, we, my wife and I decided, let's just go for a ride and kill some time. And we started just riding out there. We didn't know where we were going to go. And we're looking around and we had made like a decent amount of travel and she's like oh hey we're, we're next to the temple now might get, be a good time to go over there and i was like sure and not thinking i'd be drawn in not thinking like any thing would be released but right when you get there just like duncan describes you see people meditating out, meditating outside in front of it you see people meditating outside of it and you start to read things and it's really cool to see people you know just write things there that they don't want anymore like i will not be depressed anymore i release you you know or or um I can treat myself better. They write that and let that shit burn away. So they'll see other stuff. Like there was someone who hung a wedding dress up there. Like, what is that? Like Whitney lost it when she saw that. Yeah. What does that mean? Did the bride die? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, you know, did he die? And that was her wedding dress. Like you don't really know, but you don't know. You'll see those things. You'll see dog leashes. You'll see pictures of, you know, loved ones. And yeah, it's intense. It is completely intense. And the dog stuff and like the, the people releasing things that no longer serve them. I mm. saw beauty in that. So beautiful. But the first time, whew, there was a, like a particle board put up with photos of uh, of a dad. holding his son and the dad had died 27 years old and having a two-year-old son like it just fucking ripped me wide open you know and because it was that space you know and I've spoken before many times about the conditioning of a man, you know, from fucking 10 years old, I've had coaches say, suck it up, pussy, rub some dirt on it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's even been movies that I've watched where I felt like I was going to cry and I couldn't, you know, almost like constipation. Like I got a yeah. shit, but I can't, right? <laughs> like that kind yeah. of feeling like, come on, let it out, let it out. Yeah. And there in that space, it was okay. And I fucking had one of the best releases of my life in the temple. Just pure waterworks and to feel what people had felt and to put myself in those shoes and understand like 
I don't fear dying, dying anymore. Thanks to ayahuasca. I don't fear that, but to know like we impact each other, our connection to one another is fucking real. And that father dying with a five-year-old, a five-year-old son, that was fucking big. And it was really one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had, being able to fucking feel that and let it go, to be human, not a conditioned man that can't let go of that. That was fucking huge. Yeah, so many things we think we're supposed to be, we should be, we need to be, not just for other people. This is the conditioning of a man isn't when people are watching. We condition it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We condition our sexuality. We condition our toughness. You know, like we're policing ourselves constantly, making sure that we fit society's standards of what a man is, what his sexual performance looks like, what his sexual preference looks like, what his, you know, attitude is towards towards these things. And fuck, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's fucking exhausting. And women have their whole own set of criteria that society tries to reinforce with them too you know and everybody has these things that we're trying to constantly police within ourselves and so we're at war with ourselves. you know we have the police side and then we have the ego side and then we have the consciousness side and to be able to unify and just drop the guard and just be just be a fucking human and know that you're in a space where people aren't going to judge that and where you know, you don't have to uphold it. Nobody else is going to uphold it. I mean, that's beautiful practice because then when you get used to it there, then you can start getting more comfortable doing it out in the world where people will judge you, but still not caring. Yeah. You know, because it's really all about, ultimately about you. I mean, it's your judgment of yourself that matters the most. Other people are just giving you the evidence for that judgment of yourself. But if you can get past that judgment of yourself, then you can live free anywhere. And that's the, that's the goal. But again, Burning Man provides the sandbox. Here's a little playpen where we get to play with letting our guard down and play with being in the authentic expression of who we are. Special place, man. Beautiful fucking place. Special place. Appreciate you sharing those stories. I think it's important, important for all of us to to recognize those things, those things that we try and bottle up, you know, those things that we, those little pieces that we try to callous, you know, that become inflexible and then ultimately with their inflexibility, they become brittle and then, you know, they become more vulnerable. You know, the more we can release that, the more we can bring blood back into those tissues, you know, the healthier we're going to be as an organism. Yeah, to not carry that either, you know? Yeah. Like, we do need to fucking cry. We do need to laugh. We do need to experience all the fucking all things, right? 100%, brother. Indeed. Well, shit, man, we got a fun journey up ahead. You know, way to start, way to start out of the gate strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you as an ally here at, at Onnit and, of course, as a friend and brother, you know? And... And seeing what else, what else we can find, what else we can explore. I know that you're someone who doesn't just like to take the knowledge, you know, mentally here in the head. You like to embody it. You know, when you read Rob Wolf's book, Wired to Eat, 
you don't just read and imagine what it would be like to test your blood sugar after every carb. You actually fucking do it, which is probably 1% of the people who read that, you know. And um, and that's, you've applied that in spirituality, you've applied that in fitness, you've applied that in health, you've applied that in diet. And, uh, and that's where real, real wisdom comes from. The knowledge, the scientific backing of it, but then also just putting yourself in the lab and figuring out how that shit yeah that shit wears not enough to know we must do yeah gotta fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) indeed brother indeed well it's an honor to get to know you my man it's gonna be a fucking hell of a ride we're gonna do some cool shit um kyle's taking over the on it podcast total human optimization podcast may get a rebrand on that podcast we'll see but definitely listen to him there he's gonna be having some badass conversations and no doubt we will run this one back. We actually did another podcast that got that got lost to the gods. Mysteriously. <laughs> Mysteriously yes. lost to the gods. So this is gonna be the first time you hear them, but there will be that release on YouTube too. So if you just can't get enough of me and fucking Kyle talking to each other, um, you can check some shit out on YouTube as well. Uh, that'll be posted up shortly. But great to share these experiences with you, brother. I look forward to the rest. You can follow him at at Kingsboo on Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Kingsbury on Facebook. I'll also be doing uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday the Facebook Live groups. Yep, for on it the tribe and the Legends groups, talking Great. all all things Q and A. Just any questions, nothing's off limits. Yeah, get to know this dude. I recommend it for sure. All right, brother. Thank you, brother. Love you, my man. Love you too. <laughs> See ya. Peace. So the third supplement we ever came out with at Onnit was a product called Shroom Tech Sport. And the idea was to create a pre-workout that was different than anything else out there in the market. I remember taking stuff and was all jittery from all the caffeine. And I wanted something that could fuel me, give me energy, but didn't have all the crap in it. So we created something that was an adaptogen-based formula built around the cordyceps sinensis mushroom, methylated B vitamins, decaffeinated green tea, a lot of nutrients that can support the body. And actually make it more healthy to take a pre-workout rather than something you're doing that's gonna help you work out, but you're gonna pay the taxes on it later. So Shroom Tech Sport came about, it's something that's a mainstay for all of our athletes. You'll hear Joe Rogan talking about it, giving him an extra role on the jujitsu mats, our hockey players saying it extends their time and shift on the ice. It helps with oxygen utilization, it helps with motivation to get out there into the gym. And we wanted to offer it to everybody um, to give it a try for free. And so if you sign up at onnit.com slash amp, A-M-P, you can get a free bottle of Shroom Tech Sport. You got to pay the shipping and handling. And then if you don't like the subscription, you can cancel at any time. We make it super easy. So really, you got no risk. You can try it out, see if you like it as much as we do. And if you do, then integrate it into part of your lifestyle. So onnit.com slash amp, A-M-P.